Hello, gamers. Welcome to the weekend. This is the JRPG Report, not the Sunday special. However, this is going to be episode 116. We've got some fun news stories to talk about you for this weekend. Uh, I'll be honest, I couldn't really think of anything to do for a Sunday special, and there was uh, a, a decent amount of stories that we could talk about um, to kind of get us through until next week on Wednesday when we'll do another one. And I, I, you know, like I said before, I kind of want to leave the door open for any major announcements that pop up during this month. I have this feeling, and uh, there's certainly been a lot of rumors around that a lot of stuff is coming out this month in lieu of our big game shows. So I'm kind of waiting to see when, let's say, uh, uh, Cold Steel 3 release date finally drops uh, a, a set one or four rather not three uh cold still four release date or really i think the big one out there on everybody's minds in the jrpg world next is going to be what's going on with tales of arise this is when we found out so much about it last year at e3 so i really feel like there's going to be a big announcement and hopefully it's not a big announcement of a some sort of bad delay but that it is coming and hopefully coming soon. So yeah, that's kind of what we're doing. We're keeping keeping those channels open and so that we can have plenty of talk. But we've got lots of stuff to talk about today. And kind of the, the big one that we we talked about last week, and that was that it was delayed in Japan. Well, we are getting what is known over there as VVV Tunia. We're gonna get it as Neptunia virtual stars that's coming out for playstation 4 in north america and europe and as of right now it is just saying a 2021 release date uh vv tuna is still coming out for playstation 4 on august 6th in japan so by that timeline you're probably talking about early 2021 i can't imagine there's a ton of text in this one it is a hack and slash really more action-based experience than is typical to find in the neptunia games but obviously there's still gonna be some and some voice acting so i can't imagine it'd be a, a ton of them so here is an overview of the game via idea factory international i'm not sure if this has been really changed at all for a western audience but let's just go over it Anyway, here is the story. They say in a dimension called Virtual Land, a virtual planet that exists within it contains an extraordinary ability to produce a commodity known as content. Of these celestial bodies is a tranquil planet known as Emo. It was the latest target of a nefarious group whose sole purpose was to destroy content created by virtual planets, also known as Anti. The decimation of Emo has left the citizens hopeless. Here are some of the key features for the game. You can switch on the fly. That's right. Seamlessly switch perspectives perspectives between melee and range shooter characters in a fast-paced hack-and-slash battle. Get right to the combos for more bonuses and greater damage. We've talked about this one a little bit, and that is the beat-tick rhythm. They say you can team up with real-life 
virtual YouTubers and get fans riled up in a beat tech rhythm game performance to save the planet. Uh, they say that background music can help or hurt you in a special in special boss battles, changing battle conditions and even unlocking coordinated finishing moves. And you can cheer up with those virtual YouTubers as well. VTubers can randomly join your battle to help out. With their support, they can cheer you on during play and even provide you with a special prize if you make those dreams come true. A little bit of a departure from the standard Neptunia game as they are incorporating uh, <laughs> these uh, VTubers into this world. But, you know, this the, those games have always been about that virtual, you know, console war that's going on. So, you know, everything's now virtual as far as clouds and YouTube and all that type of stuff. So it only kind of made sense for them to go on that route as well. We'll have to wait and see how well this translates to a Western audience. They've always been geared more towards Japanese, but certainly have plenty of quirks and quirks for uh, the rest of the world. But we'll see how this one kind of plays out. It looks interesting. It's a little more action-based than um, I'm used to liking, but uh, who knows? We'll see how it goes. Uh, as for the original BBB Tunia, there was uh, an updated website from Compile Heart, and there was uh, a new batch of confirmed virtual YouTubers, and uh, they had a music video soundtrack. So there's, um, as of right now, there's 12 sounds on the soundtrack, and they gave kind of a little sample of six of those. The video is about two minutes long. You can go check it out on the JRPG Report YouTube channel. I've got that listed for you guys you can check that out or if you want to see this article that has the list of all these virtual youtubers um, you can check that out on our facebook page or twitter i repost all that stuff so that you kind of get a feeling you know i go over the news but i don't deep deep dive into too many things as um well i don't know who all these showroom twitter <laughs> guest youtubers are if you do that's that's awesome but uh, i believe that uh, me butchering their names does nobody <laughs> any good in the long run now this next story kind of came completely out of nowhere there was a kind of a pre-story that came out about a uh, play uh, xbox store listing for this game uh, on the microsoft store and then the next day I guess they're like, oh yeah, we should probably go ahead and tell everybody <laughs> about it. So publisher THQ Nordic and developer Kaiko have announced Kingdom of Amalur Re-Reckoning. It's coming out for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. This remastered version of the February 2012 released action RPG will release on August the 18th at a discounted price of $39.99. Of course, if you are so inclined, there is the collector's edition that'll go for a hefty one oh nine ninety nine. Uh, in that collector's edition, you will get a copy of the game, of course, a a Lin Shear collectible statue uh, measures at well, this is in centimeters, so twenty 
one centimeter. No, okay, here's inches. 8.2 inches tall by 7.1 inches wide. That's a pretty decent uh, size. You get the soundtrack CD, an Amarlor keychain, and five artworks. Pre-orders for both of those are now live on Amazon. And I know this is not a traditional JRPG, but it is a game that I kind of put, when I posted this the other day and uh, when Dalton was talking about it on his page, I made the comment that I can't remember if I like this game or not. And I can, you know, I'm sitting over here and I'm looking at it on my shelf for PlayStation 3. I want to say I liked it, but I don't necessarily remember. I think this one came out about... Uh, maybe this is maybe not. I was thinking it came out about the same time as Dragon, Dragon's Dogma, but maybe my memory's a bit fuzzy on that one. But uh, it was a very cool game. Like I said, it kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, here is the about via the Microsoft Store. The hit RPG returns from the minds of best-selling author R. A. Salvatore, Spawn creator Todd McFarlane. And Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion lead designer Ken Ralston comes Kingdom of Amalur Re-Reckoning. Of course, it was called Reckoning the first time. Uh, remastered with stunning visuals and refined gameplay, Re-Reckoning delivers intense, customizable RPG combat inside a sprawling game world. Here are some of the key features. You can build the ideal character for the most intense combat, choosing from a countless combination of skills, abilities, weapons, and pieces of armor. A revolutionary destiny system allows you to continuously evolve your character class to the style, uh, your style of play. Seamlessly integrate magical and melee attacks as you take on scores of enemies and grand fight sequences. Finish them off with a brutal fate shift kill. You also, uh, there are both the downloadable contents included in this one. The Teeth of Naros and Legend of Dead Kale. And they say, and more. So I'm not sure what that necessarily means. There are hundreds of hours of RPG play awaiting you. Uh, explore a deep levels of lore in a universe steeped in 10,000 years of fiction. Created by New York Times bestseller author R.A. Salvatore. Rescue a world torn apart by a vicious war and control the keys to immortality as the first warrior ever to be resurrected. From the grips of death. Of course, there are all kinds of um, improvements to the uh, the visuals on this one. There was no movie to go along with this one. There were some images to go along with it. It wasn't a bad-looking game the first time around, so I can imagine it's going to look pretty sweet um, on some current software. So if you are a fan of that original, you get to play it all over again. And that is going to be on August the 18th. Like I said, it's not full price, only at thirty nine ninety nine. It's a pretty good deal. I was going to report on this story uh, previously, but I was kind of waiting until we got the North America and U.S. PlayStation Store listings, and we do now have those. And this is for the Days of Play Sony uh, sale going on right now. And that is, uh, well, today is June the 6th. You can check out all these deals up until June the 17th. 
And um, I kind of want to go over most of these. There's not that many of them. These are prices for, like I said, North America, U.S. region, PlayStation Store. You know, typically we only uh, focus on the JRPGs, and rightfully so. But there's a lot of good deals on here, and I'll go down the list of them. Um, Assassin's Creed Origins, 12 bucks. You can get Batman Arkham Knight for just $4. The entire Bioshock collection for $12. Code Vein still a little pricey. They got it up there at $36. Dark Souls 3 Deluxe Edition, $13.59, just to be contrarian. <laughs> Days Gone at $14.79. Dead by Daylight, $12. Devil May Cry 5 with those red orbs, right about $20. Death Stranding down to $24. Dreams, which just came out not long ago at all, down to 30 bucks. Uh, you can get Final Fantasy XIV Complete Edition, $36. Does not require PlayStation Plus. There is that monthly fee that you got to pay uh, over to Square Enix. So. Hitman 2, $12. Hunt Showdown, 24 bucks. Monster Hunter World Iceborne, $30. You can get the original Nino Kuni for $20. Excellent price. Nino Kuni 2 for $18. Uh, if you're looking for a PlayStation Plus subscription, now is a good time to get that. Normally $60 down to $42. Red Dead Redemption 2, $27. That's a whole lot of game for $27. Uh, Resident Evil 2, I just played through it. Exceptional. For just $20. Can't beat that. Uh, Resident Evil 3. Still a little pricey. Right about $40. Bucks. Resident, Evil, Resident Evil 7. $10. Uh, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. $39. And The Outer Worlds down to $30. One title I skipped over that. Because I want to talk about it just a little bit. And that's Persona 5 Royal. Is down to just $45. That game, you know, just coming out in March. Don't typically see those games go on sale that often, but uh, that's 25% off down from $60 and well worth it uh, to say the least. Now, a lot of these prices are also on the physical edition if you want to check out over on Amazon. Uh, a bunch of these. You can get for fairly cheap, maybe not quite as cheap as, as some of these are, but uh, I think I've seen even a handful that were even more. Um, I did on a whim check out if Nino Kuni on the Switch on GameStop was on sale, and it was not. It's still $30 on it. I'm not sure on uh, Amazon. I may look into that a little bit more. That is one I wouldn't mind picking up again, if it's on, uh, especially if it's on sale, but... Yeah, I, I can't recommend Persona 5 Royal enough. And on sale, on top of that, is really a steal. You should definitely go and pick that one up. Another few days has passed, so it is just about time to have another video from Sword Art Online, Alization Lycoris. This time, it is focused on Eldry Woolsberg. I hope I said that correctly. E-L-D-R-I-E. This is the uh, fifth video in the series. They say the next one, which will come out next week, will be on Sheeta. S-C-H-E-T-A. You can check out all these videos on our YouTube channel. Actually, well, not all of them. As 
maybe I have this. I should have this one up by the time I get this one out. So um, hopefully I'll have that up pretty soon for you guys. The game is going to launch on January 9th in Japan. Or January. July 9th in Japan. July 10th worldwide. This one's about a minute and 11 seconds long. So it's pretty much the same as those other ones we've seen previously in this series. Um, the 2020 Steam Game Festival Summer Edition uh, was supposed to start on June 9th to the 14th. It has been pushed back a week. will now be from June 16th until the 22nd. Jeff Knightley did announce that one. We've seen a lot of different things uh, postponed. Uh, we were supposed to. We were supposed to have it yesterday, I believe. The big PS5 reveal video that got pushed back. They don't really know when that one's going to go on right now. But uh, due to everything going on in the world, everything has been pushed back about a week. It seems like, but uh, should be some interesting announcements coming out of that. And it's a very cool thing that they're putting on with that. Steam Game Festival. We've got some DLC coming for Fail Sale Arbor's Mark. This one is called Missions and Monsters. Publisher 1C Entertainment and developer Six Eyes Studios announced. This will be available for all platforms starting on June the 23rd. Pretty reasonable price, $12.99 for this DLC pack. Here is what it is. Missions and Monsters is the first expansion to Fail Sale, Arbor's Mark, and brings several new additions to enrich the gameplay. You are now able to recruit powerful monsters from across the land, customize them in your, with your own classes, and send them into battle alongside the rest of your forces. As your army grows, you'll get to dispatch your troops on missions of their own to gather precious resources, Earn special rewards, unlock new locations and classes, and ultimately keep the land a safer place. Face new challenges that will test your tactical metal as you embark on large or scale battles against the deadliest monsters the land has ever seen. So you can kind of embrace your inner Pokemon or monster hunter or monster tamer uh, Things. You do have uh, three new human classes, the Beastmaster, Samurai, and Wrangler, along with a variety of new powerful abilities. To your arsenal, of course, new equipment and crafting options. Five new locations. New encounters. Upgrade the Arbiter's Guilds across the lands. New in-game systems. Send recruits out on missions. Let you collect new rewards and open up new content. New songs. You can even challenge yourself. With new achievements. I've never... I've never been like the big monster... Uh, beast, whatever addition to your party. I don't know why. I can't really put a put a single reason on it. But uh, I always want, you know... Good human characters with deep stories and, and past. And reasons for doing things. Not just... Oh, here's this ferocious monster. Let me go tame it. I know that was pretty much the whole point of, uh, you know, Nino Kuni. But um, I don't know. Just by and large, I don't love doing those type of things. But that's just my personal preference. Uh, it does sound like a pretty cool addition. And again, that's not coming out until June the 23rd. If you've been enjoying Fail Cell Arbiter's Mark, 
you can uh, enjoy it a little bit more in just a few more days. Uh, that seems like a pretty decent spot. We'll take a quick timeout. Be back on the other side with the uh, second half of episode 116 here on the JRPG Report. All right, friends, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope we can give you a little something to hang out and do this weekend, or if you're not listening to this until later, that's cool too. Uh, don't forget to give us a like on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe on YouTube. I try to put out a daily JRPG video, whatever's going on in the world. I take it, I upload it on our channel so that you can see everything all in one spot in addition to our podcast which i make video versions of each and every week so this next story i kind of saw it coming i didn't really say anything i was kind of hoping i'd be proven incorrect and there's going to be a delay for tales of crestoria um it was previous planned for an early june release window well we kind of (laughs) got to that point in time and we still didn't have a definite date for it to come out and I was like that's that's not good um, it has now just been pushed to an unannounced date here is the official uh, or part of the official statement from producer Tomomi oh gosh that was terrible Tomomi Tagawa he sent a message I would like to thank everyone who took part in the beta test conducted in certain regions. We had far more participants than expected, which has given us new appreciation for how much you are looking forward to this game. We sincerely hope you enjoy it. Uh, He continued, we are currently making the final adjustments and fixing any issues found during the beta test. Uh, This is taking longer than we initially predicted. Development has continued with the release date of early June in mind, but we still need more time. Now, like I said, still not, uh, he said, currently investigating what still needs to be taken care of and will contact players with a new release date at a later date. We apologize for making you all wait so long, but the whole development team will do our absolute best to make sure the game emerges as polished as it can be. We hope you look forward to playing it. So you can kind of read between the lines of, of several different ways. Obviously, everything has been delayed in some shape former fashion because of uh, the continuing COVID-19 worldwide pandemic. But it, it sounds like there may have been some issues that popped up with this beta. And that's why you do beta testing to figure out what are the issues and what you need to address. It could have also been a lot of uh, feedback. You know, he, he makes the statement of how much you are looking forward to this game, maybe there was also a lot of, uh, this this doesn't work, or, you know, this is a Tales game, so it needs to kind of have some more of these elements. And I've always said, everything that we've seen of this game certainly looks like a Tales game, especially um, some of the, the you know, PlayStation 3 type in terms of quality and um now they're they're changing this into a kind of a turn-based mobile game, so there's going to be some uh, differences in it. Maybe that was something that fans weren't expecting; they didn't necessarily like it. And of course, this is all just pure speculation. However, this wasn't a statement of we got this beta 
and we wanted to bring it out here in the first, you know, period of June. It's not ready. And we don't have a date that we can give you as to when it is going to be ready. That's a little troubling. However, it's a mobile game. Many things could go wrong. They need, they obviously don't want to do this incorrectly. I think, um, I kind of feel like this is, you know, a placeholder game that are holding fans over until Tales of Arise. So, you know, maybe there's that world that Tales of Arise isn't quite ready to make an announcement. So this is not, I, I don't know. This is, you know, purely me just talking out loud. But I'm looking forward to this one, and I really hope they get it right. I think it could be a lot of fun if done correctly. So I don't mind this delay. It's not like I put down money for this thing and I'm not, uh, I'm not getting it. So it's really hard to complain too much about it. Um, in other, uh, well, other mobile game news, but it's coming out for PlayStation four as well. Uh, the final closed beta for Genshin impact will be held across PS4, PC, iOS, and Android devices in June. Uh, developer Mihayo announced it was previously only dated as quarter three, 2020. Uh, you can still sign up for that via the company's website. So that pushed things up a little bit. Um, you guys know that I'm looking forward to this one. I've signed up for that closed beta. Haven't heard anything back, but I wouldn't anticipate I would till probably uh, into July, maybe, but you know, everything that keeps getting pushed up like that would hopefully lead to an earlier release date for it. So yeah, sometime in July, I'll keep you guys posted on what I hear. And if you guys want to sign up for this closed beta, I'm hoping to get in on it and hopefully on PlayStation four. So if that's something you guys are interested in, perhaps we could uh, do some fun uh, journeys together. That'd be uh, that'd be a lot of, a lot of fun. I haven't played too many games like that before, but I'd be more than happy to do that with some of you guys. Uh, if you are so inclined. Monster Hunter World fans who are eagerly awaiting the Iceborne Title 4 update, or <laughs> Title Update number 4, shouldn't have to wait too much longer. The, uh, this one previously got pushed back uh, because of COVID-19, and uh, the developers are saying that very soon they will be able to announce when that release date is going to happen as soon as that does. Of course, I will push that out to you guys. I always love those announcements about an announcement. If you are a collector and a Fire Emblem fan, um, you may have missed out on this the first time, but Fire Emblem Awakening heroine, um, Lucina, Lucina is uh, going to be coming back out the good smile company announced this is another reprint of their figma doll now the only that's obviously good news the um bad news is <laughs> it's not going to be until february 2021 um she had first appeared in april of 2015 and then again in august of 2016 so this is actually the third uh, third generation of it. 
Um, when that does, pre-orders will open up on January the 29th via the Good Smile Company store, and she will cost $73.99. Not, not a terrible price. It looks like a fairly detailed figure with a lot of poses. Uh, good. I always like the stance. I've got the, you know, the good backing to them that'll hold them in place. Uh, good looking figure. And uh, if you missed out the first two times, you'll be able to get it perhaps this time. Um, Sakura Wars fans, you will be able to get the original soundtrack to purchase on June 24th of this year. You can get it either digitally or physical, physically. Um, the digital one will be a little bit less. It'll go for about $32. Uh, the physical version will be about $40 and will be three discs. Um, you can get that from either iTunes or uh, Amazon via the Amazon digital store if you are so inclined. And fans, if you just want to get certain tracks, you can do that as well. They'll be about $2 each if that's what you are hoping to do yeah that soundtrack will be available on june the 24th we talked briefly the other day about the new legend of heroes hajimari no kaseki some information that popped up about the true reverie corridor side content got a little bit more information about that but i actually don't want to go too much in detail on it um Basically, just say that there is this a mysterious extra dimensional space from each story route. There are no limits to ascending the Reverie Corridor. I mean, you can come and go as you please as you progress through the main story. I kind of likened it to Mementos in Persona 5. It's what it kind of seems like you can do it um, wherever you want. It's a vast dungeon divided into multiple layers. You can unlock and upgrade various. Elements. Since party members from each route, remember there's three routes in this one, um, one with Reen, one with C, and then one with Lloyd, um, you can, uh, since all members uh, are gathered, you can attempt to clear a dungeon with a free formation of party members not determined by the story of routes. And I believe that's where I saw that huge roster screen from um, that you can pick and choose truly any four characters from this uh, vast arc of characters. It's going to be insane. Uh, you also unlock these episodes, and that's kind of what I don't want to talk about, is, I'll be honest, I don't even really want to read them, because merely uh, reading what these uh, unlockable episodes are about are going to tell you about things that happen in Cold Steel 4. I made the mistake of scrolling down to it, and I was like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to go into it. So if you are one of the lucky few who have played Cold Steel 4, then you can feel free to check out this article I shared over on the Facebook page. But um, all the more reason uh, that I'm hoping Cold Steel 4 comes out uh, fairly soon in the fall. So we can start talking about Hajimari no Koseki because the game looks amazing. I can't wait to dive into it, assuming that uh, it finally comes uh, over this way at some point in time. 
interesting story from Japan. Uh, Square Enix has hired uh, Rota Suzuki, and uh, he is a former Capcom developer. This info was revealed on a recruitment PR page for Square Enix, um, which emphasized that they were looking for a developer with skills and experience in AAA titles, as well as action scene and battle part design. Um, that being the case, he fit the bill as he served uh, as gameplay player lead on Dragon's Dogma for Capcom, as well as uh, game design lead on Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen, and a designer on Devil May Cry 5. He also helped with the programming for Monster Hunter World and its Iceborne expansion. So that's a pretty decent resume that uh, Square Enix has added to it. And it kind of sounds like they are looking to make a new um, action RPG that uh, the article went on to. um, He noted that command battle games are often thought as old style even marked out by overseas players with the JRPG labeled. Uh, he suggested younger players raised on Grand Theft Auto and first-person shooters may not jive with the more static methods of command selection during battle. Um, that they were, uh, what Square Enix is trying to do is enable the company to establish the capacity to create, quote, high-quality RPGs with world-class action Elements. Now, I don't think that means we're going to get Devil May Cry meets Dragon's Dogma meets Final Fantasy by any stretch. But definitely, I think what they're looking for is something more like Dragon's Dogma. But, um, you know, they don't want menu-driven action, which is odd in some ways considering how well like Dragon Quest 11 and Persona 5 have done still using menu driven things but I can understand I mean Square Enix has been going in that way <laughs> for quite a while with with 15 even though you know 7 remake still had those elements to it maybe that's what they're going to do but definitely they added a added some talent and it'll be interesting to see what comes about of that um, probably not going to be uh, for a while but it'll be fun to see what it is I've got one more story to kind of talk to you about and uh, unfortunately it's not a good one if you are a Final Fantasy 14 fan and live in North America the FF14 Fan Festival which uh, was planned to take place in November has been cancelled to ongoing COVID-19 concerns. Uh, this announcement comes uh, just uh, from Naoki Yoshida. He explained the situation. It was originally scanned for no- November 6th and 7th, but will no longer take place. After pr- plenty of deliberation, uh, they call him Yoshi P, and the developers decided to cancel the event. Um kind of kind of an odd thing i so here's my my take on it i'm no i had real no problems with canceling things this summer especially large scale gatherings um it's a little weird that something was not happening until november and they've already canceled it but i guess they're just figuring things aren't going to get good you know well enough to have big gatherings by that 
by that time. Uh, he also touched on the uh, next major update for Final Fantasy XIV. They say with the team working from home, development production is still at about 85 to 90% capacity. Um, that they will be doing a product direct check next week. Um, and hopefully more updates will be coming um, soon. Patch 5.3 was expected to release on June 16th, but it's been delayed by more than a month at the very least, they said. They will announce a new release date in the near future. So I guess I was kind of hoping to see things stop being canceled. <laughs> and um, that doesn't at least seem the case uh, for this FF14 fan festival. Um, if you were looking forward to that in San Diego, I'm sorry to say it's at least not going to happen uh, this year. It'll be interesting to see when things can start coming back to it. I think sports are going to be kind of a big test market for that. Uh, here in America, we've started kind of ramping things back up. Um, but as far as like fans going to events, it could be a while to those type of things can happen again. And gaming is going to be affected by it just as much as anything else. Uh, let's keep in mind. I don't know Sunday special uh, plans. Uh, we'll do a normal podcast each Wednesday. And if there's enough stories like this week, We'll do another one on the weekend, I would imagine, at least for the month of June, just kind of keep you guys uh, current on things and not make one podcast too long. Um, I do like to do this kind of break it up and give you guys a little bit more in-depth stuff, not so much glossing over things. So that's going to wrap it up for episode 116. Thank you so much for checking in with us. Check back on Wednesday each week for a our weekly news one. Sometimes we do a special thing on Sunday, but this week we didn't. My name is James Fisher. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys again next time. Till then, get back out there and level up.